morning, everyone. Two football clubs on one day. Both of them in trouble as well, so I don't really know what's happening there. And uh, you mentioned Jeff Pickup. I don't know when he was here, but I was traveling from south of Bristol uh, to Nottingham this morning when suddenly uh, I realized that it said, and today on, this is the Radio 4 program, the, the program uh, it's coming from New Life Derby. And it was fantastic. I don't know, how many of you heard that? Really, really good. I contacted uh, Jeff and he preached a great message and just a, an absolute uh, delight. And to be here, here kind of for the first time, in Mansfield, but it wasn't so long ago I was at Ilkeston, and uh, just tremendous to see you all again, be with you. Uh, sorry, my wife's not with me today. Um, she came with me when we came to Ilkeston, but I'm staying up for a few days, and so uh, she's in a church that we attend that is very similar to this in terms of it's quite a, a, a newish church. I know this is uh, repurposed and what have you. They, my wife goes, um, and I go to a pioneer church that's been going... Uh, just over 12 months, and there's about 70 to 80 folk there now. And uh, it's very, very exciting what God is doing. This morning at Nottingham, it's the third club I've been to today, because I went to Nottingham County, first of all, and was searching there for a, asking them all, have you got a church meeting here? What do you mean, mate? <laughs> and uh, I was at the wrong ground. So this is my third football club. Um, but, but absolutely tremendous. Five people gave their lives to the Lord Jesus this morning, and it was just an exciting thing. Alistair and uh, Kate Kent are doing a tremendous job there, which is, which is quite tremendous. Um, let me say something that will try and get your attention. God doesn't want to speak to you tonight. I'm totally convinced of that. In fact... I've only just realized that over the last couple of weeks, and I, I did say that, I, did I say it this morning? I might have said it this morning. I'm certainly planning to say it at um, uh, Huddersfield at the conference. And if you've come tonight wanting God to speak to you, I trust you will be very, very disappointed because God does not want to speak to you. I'm convinced he wants to do more than that. He wants to speak into you. And there's a difference between just hearing and allowing God to speak to us and opening up our hearts so that we receive the Word of God and He actually speaks into us so it causes either a change or a miracle and that we go out different. He wants to speak into you more than to you. And if I was to give the title of what I'm going to share tonight... I've shared on this scripture and on these thoughts before, but it just came to me as I was driving here. I want to speak to you tonight on when the I am says, I will. When the I am says, I will. Father, help me to communicate something of divine truth to these good folk tonight. And I pray that, Father, you will speak so much into us that there will be signs and wonders following what I share tonight, bringing glory to your name. I pray it in the name of Jesus. Turn with me, please, in your Bibles, if you've got them, to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. Now, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham, and he said to him, I am the Almighty God. I am. 
He said, walk before me and be blameless and I will make you and make my covenant between me and you and I will multiply you exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will. Have you noticed how many times I'm reading here? I will, or I shall, or I am. And I will make you exceedingly fruitful. And I will make nations of you. And kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you. And right at the end of verse 8 there, it says, And I will be their God. When Abraham was 99 years of age, God appeared to him and said, I am the Almighty God. Actually, what he said was this, I am the El Shaddai. I am the God that is so almighty that whatever is necessary, I am able to do. I am the almighty God. I am the God, to put it in modern day language, that is more than enough. That's what God said. I am a God that is more than enough for whatever you want. And it was quite a thing that he said. You've got to remember, we're talking about a guy here is 99 years of age. I am the almighty God, and I will make my covenant, and oh, you're going to be a father of many nations. So actually, God had already spoken, and he'd actually said to uh, this man, Abraham, that you are going to have a family that is so big uh, that if only you could get the dust of the air, then your seed is going to be more than that. Now, I, I don't know how clean your house is, I like going around people's house, and when the people are out, I, I lift up the floors. No, I don't really. I don't really. But you know, this looks a very, very clean room. It's very, very nice. But I expect if I was to go behind that bar and look around, there'd be quite a bit of dust here. Because dust, oh, you just can't count it, the particles in the air. God says, I am. I'm El Shaddai. I'm the God that is more than enough. And you are going to have a family seed that will follow that will be more than the dust of the air. How many of you know that's pretty big? Ah, oh, but he didn't just say that. He said, hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something, Abraham. Your seed is going to be so many, it's going to be more than the stars in the sky. Uh, have you ever tried to count the stars in the sky? You know, you get one, two, three, four, four. Oh, I missed one. That one. It's impossible. Because they number a countless number. God said, I am, I'm El Shaddai, I'm the God that's more than enough, and you that is 99 years of age, and your wife's not much younger, you're going to have a family that is so big that it's more than the dust of the air, or more than the stars of the sky. Hmm. The I am is speaking. He, he actually, had already promised him something else. He, he said, it's not just going to be like the dust of the air or the stars of the sky, but your seed, your family is going to be more than the sand upon the shore. Now, to try and count the dust is impossible. To try and count the stars, that's just impossible. But have you ever tried to count the sand upon the shores? I mean, it just is mind-blowing. 
So Abraham, having received this, goes to his wife. And he says, hey, darling, well, I, this is my interpretation. He might have said, petal, I don't know. He said, sweetheart, petal, darling, God has spoken. What's he said? Well, we're going to have a family. He said, oh, but you're a gift. He said, then actually the family is going to be so numerous, more than the stars of the sky, the dust of the air or the sand upon the shore. And I think that she was a little bit like my wife. She just laughed. I mean, this just cannot happen. I remember a few years ago, I was in a church and I announced to them that I promised Andrean that we would again hear the sound of the patter of little feet. They all laughed. But I went out and bought a budgie and I told the truth. <laughs> but this was not going to be a budgie. This was the I am saying, I will make of you a nation and a people that cannot be numbered. It's when the I am begins to say, I will. Now actually, the English language sometimes cannot fully describe what the original Hebrew or Greek is. And in John's Gospel, chapter 14 and verse 13, we read this, Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that I will, there's the I will again, I will do it, that the Father might be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's God speaking. But actually, that's the strongest thing that the interpreters could write. And it isn't a very good interpretation. You see, if I say, what was your name again, sorry? Kevin. If I say Kevin, within the next three seconds, I, I will shake your hand. That's pretty strong. I will shake your hand. But it was dependent upon two things. It was dependent upon you putting out your hand so I could shake it, which you did. And it was dependent upon me telling the truth. Uh, now, supposing I, I said, Christian, and I do want you to put out your hand, I will shake your hand in the next 10 seconds. Do you believe I'm going to do that? I mean, I'm going to tell you the truth. I will do it. There's nothing stronger than that. And the 10 seconds begins to go away. And I fulfill my word. I will do it. But there are times when we say I will and we don't. Because it might well be that something happens. I said I will be here tonight. But it just could have been that there was a crash on the motorway and I couldn't get here. So I am limited by my circumstances and I am limited by my situation to fulfill the strongest thing that I can possibly say, I will. But when God says, I will, all the limitations are removed. And a better interpretation of John's Gospel, chapter 14 and verse 13, is this. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, I will do it. And if I don't have it, I will create it. 
so that the Father might be glorified. Because if you ask anything in my name, I will do it, even if I haven't got it, I will make it for you. You see, what I'm trying to say is that in the original, when the I am, which is another name for God, and the reason I'm going this way tonight is because I noticed we sang, I had two things on my heart and I wanted to know which way to go, and we sang a few songs there that had, talking about the names of God, or the name of God was brought up in his name. And one of the names of God is, I am that I am. And when the I am God himself, the Almighty One, the El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough, says, I will, then you can be absolutely certain that he will do it. Now, now you see, the wonderful thing is about our God, is that he has always been a God that has loved to turn impossible situations around. If you go to the Old Testament, and you'll know these stories well. There was one occasion when Moses was leading the children of Israel out from Egypt. Pharaoh was giving chase when suddenly they came to the big Red Sea. I was swimming in the Red Sea just a week and a half ago amongst all those fishes there. It was my wife and my birthday. If you're taking notes, please remember, 26th of March. That's our birthdays. Both got the same birthday. So we went away for a week's holiday and did you, did you see on the news that there was a Thompson aircraft that had to be took down into Greece because it took off from Bristol and they were thought it had a bomb on board? Anybody see that? You don't read your newspapers, do you? I was going to tell you that we weren't on that one, but never mind. <laughs> we, we did fly out from Bristol. We were going to El Shell Sheik or whatever it was called, and it was a Thompson holiday. What's it called? Shell Shamaka? <laughs> What's it, called? What's it called? That's where I went to for my holiday. And a very nice time it was too. <laughs> and they come to the Red Sea that I was swimming in. Uh, but the only thing was, on the left-hand side were the mountains, on the other side was the sea, and behind them were the baddies, the Egyptians that were chasing. It was absolutely impossible. Ah, but hang on a minute. God spoke. And if you like, my interpretation would be this. He said to Moses, Moses, I am and I will lift up your rod. And he lifts up his rod and you know what happens. It puts it down and the waters part. Actually, I haven't got time to go into it, but I can even tell you how that miracle took place because it talks about the waters becoming frozen and it became as ice. And my, My interpretation is that God just blew and froze the waters and they were able to walk across. We won't go there, but you can look it up yourself. It talks about congealed water. Hmm. All that I'm interested in is this that the El Shaddai was more than enough for an impossible crossing of a water. Uh, Another occasion, and I'm telling stories that you will know, there was a a fellow that had three mates that were builders. My shack, your shack, and a bungalow. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. He had three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And his name was Daniel. It's getting late. It's getting late. It's getting late. And you know what happened. 
bow the knee. They wouldn't bow the knee, and so they were thrown into a fiery furnace. Ah, but they came and they looked at that fire, and they said, I, I, I thought there was three, but now I see four men in there. I'll tell you who was there. I am was there. Uh, the I am became the I will be with you, even through the fiery furnace. And it doesn't matter what the impossible situation is. You can just go time after time. Daniel in the lion's den. Moses and the children of Israel. What about that story? You all know it very, very well. Of David and Goliath. When the little fella was up against the big fella. And all of his people said, oh dear me, what's going to happen here? And he goes out. Here's a little thought for you. Did you know that Goliath was a stone heavier after he was dead than when he was alive? I'm just throwing him away. I'm throwing him away. My wife's not here today. I can do what I want. It's not on podcasts. This is not on pod. Switch that, Johnny. If it's on podcast, I'd just like to say at this point, I have a beautiful wife. You see, it was David and Goliath but he wasn't there on his own. It was that the I am said, I will be with you. And he just slung that sling and the stone went in and Goliath fell down and there was a great, great victory. Come over into the pages of the New Testament and so we could take time. The feeding of the 5,000 when they'd all run out. It was the I am becoming the I will feed the people. Uh, when you think about it, even that great event when old Lazarus came jumping out of the tomb. It was the I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me will not perish but have everlasting life. You see, what I'm talking about here is that the revelation that Abraham received of I am the almighty God is the same God that is here tonight. Because my Bible says that he is the same, Jesus Christ. Yesterday, today, and forever the same. So would it be that God would speak into you? Would it be tonight that there is a little aspect of your life that you need the I am to say I will? I, I haven't got time for it. Uh, but in the 91st Psalm, you find that in fact, towards the end of that psalm, God says seven times, I will do something for people. I'll take a couple of them. Look what it says. It says, because he has set his love upon me, oh, there's a bit of a condition here. It means that you've got to be prepared to love the Lord your God. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore, I will deliver him. And I will set him on high. Because he has known my name, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and I will show him my salvation. Let me take just a couple of these and then we'll wrap it up. And I want to pray for people tonight if you would allow me to and if you would respond to the word of God. The first thing that I see here in this psalm is that the Bible says, I will deliver him. The good news is that God has always been a delivering God, 
And he is a delivering God today. And there are some of you that need deliverance. You say, I'm not, I'm not talking about demonic deliverance, although it could be that some need deliverance for that. I think that we, we make far much more of it and we're scared of it and everything like that. Let me tell you, uh, angels are real and demons are real. And if we open up our lives, then we can either be influenced for good or we can be influenced for bad. And sometimes we just need to be set free and delivered from demonic powers, perhaps demonic oppression. But I'm thinking of the God that delivers from long-standing habits. Do you know, I, I want to tell you the absolute truth here, and this is, is it, is it really being podcast? I tell you, in this particular role as well, people can take things right out of context and everything like that. Okay, it's the cost. And I, you know what? <laughs> I'm prepared for it. Here's something you won't hear many preachers say. Smoking, I don't think is a sin. And I don't think smoking will stop you going to heaven. But it will get you there a bit quicker. <laughs> because... Our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit, and, and it just seems, I mean, all the proof is now that smoking's no good for you. You know, it's just, you know, it's just, it's not good for you. So, I meet people, my mother-in-law, she would not give her life to the Lord Jesus because she smoked. And she just felt, she just couldn't, it was a habit that she had, and um, she just couldn't give up that habit, and she didn't think she'd ever be any good as a Christian, and it, it was right on her deathbed, within the last hours really, the last couple of days certainly, that she opened up her life. She was a great lady, a lovely lady, a good lady, and she opened up her life, and then she gave her life to the Lord Jesus Christ and was able to tell all her family that she had repented and Jesus Christ was her Lord and Savior. You know, tremendous. But how, how amazing that the devil had somehow got it around, probably by daft Christians that had said it, that, you know, if you are a smoker, you can't go to heaven. Well, they're stupid. But the only thing is, it's also not too healthy to smoke. And I don't know whether there's any smokers here or not. All I do know is this, that if you want to be delivered of it, you can be delivered of it tonight. I believe in that kind of God. Uh, we can have all kinds of habits. We can have all kinds of things that we need to be set free from and delivered from. Things that perhaps nobody else knows about. Long-standing things that perhaps we've prayed about before. Listen, we are in the presence of a God tonight who is the I Am, the El Shaddai, who's going to say, I will deliver you. Do you need delivering from fear? It's amazing the number. When, when, is it you that takes the photos with skydiving? Oh, dear me, God bless you. If I put thick socks on, I'll go giddy. That's how bad I am. With, with heights. I, I, oh dear me, I just, you know, I just, I, I don't, I don't like heights very much at all. I don't mind flying. Isn't that funny? But the thought of skydiving, most people have got a phobia of some kind. Might be a, I'm not scared of spiders. I don't, I'm not scared of snakes. I'm not scared of ferocious women. <laughs> I just made that one up. I'm not really fearful about what people think of me in that sense. 
I'm quite secure in God and the God that's made me. But I, I just miss, I don't really like heights. But some of you are bound by fear. Some of you are bound by the fear of insecurity and low self-esteem. Did you know you're in the presence of a God tonight that says, I will deliver you because I am the I am. I don't know what it is. I'm just laying it down very, very simply because the Bible says, I will deliver you. <laughs> Isaiah prophesied it. He spoke about being set at liberty, those that are bound. The disciples practiced it. They went about delivering people of sicknesses. You find that the Lord Jesus Christ, he actually went about with that kind of ministry that set people free. He practiced it. In the book of Acts, we read about it. And tonight, if you've got sinful habits, unhappy memories, worrying problems, impossible situations, he is able to deliver you because the I am is here. And he says, I will do it. All you've got to do is let God speak into your life. Don't let it stop here. Let it go deep. The, the second thing, I'll take three of them. The first one is, he says, I will deliver him. Another one here is, it says, I will answer him. You see, our God has not only always been a delivering God, he's always been a prayer answering God as well. I, I, I like that. All the way through the Bible, we, talk, we read about a God that hears and answers prayer. Jeremiah 33 and verse 3. Call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things of which you don't even know. Mark's Gospel chapter 11 and verse 24. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you shall have them. John 16 and verse 23. We've already talked about this whatsoever you shall ask in the Father's name, I will do it. He will give it to you. All of these promises of God are very, very positive. For many, many years, um, 13 years, I uh, was involved in pioneering a church and pastored a church in a place called Bedworth. It's a coal mining town just on the outskirts of Coventry. And uh, I, I am a Bedworth kid. I went to a Bedworth school and just uh, love that whole area. I like the coal mining scene. I, I think that we have not ought to forget our roots. And I feel very, very at home in that kind of a, an, an environment and community. And whilst we were pioneering there, uh, there was a lady that came to the church. She'd been safe for many, many years. And uh, to be absolutely honest, uh, she was a pain in the neck. I mean, do you have any people like that in the church? Not here, not at all. Too nice. In fact, I'll go further than that. I didn't even like the lady. You say, John, you ought to like people. Why? Nowhere do I find that in the Bible. It doesn't tell me I've got to like people. It says I've got to love people. And that's an act of the will. Yes, are you with me? Do you like everybody in the church? There's some people I wouldn't want to go on holiday with. <laughs> There's some people I wouldn't even want to have a cup of tea. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah El Shalki, the sheik, the red I mean, I just wouldn't want to go. You know, we, we, we've got to get real about this Christian life. We're not called necessarily to like it. We've got to love everybody. That's an act of the will. I had problems loving her as well, if I'm totally honest. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just trying to be honest. I'm, and I'll tell you why. She was a lot, lot older than me. She was a, uh, in her senior years. And she was a spinster. <clears throat> no, that's not saying anything at all. But she used to correct me about everything. You know, oh, you was too long today, Pastor. Call me Pastor. Too, too, bit too long today, Pastor. But it was only 10 minutes. One minute too long. Well, actually, it was two minutes too long. And I'd do a short one. You should have expanded that more. You couldn't help her. You were singing too loud today, Pastor. I couldn't hear you singing and leading us today, Pastor. Whatever it was, it didn't matter. If I saw this lady walking along the road, I'd cross over so I wouldn't see her. I'd think, oh, I've just got to... Always, 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 always. After saying all that, she was a godly lady. Been a bit of Christian... You know, all her life. Just all her life. Well, one day, I'll tell you her name, because you'll never know her. She's been dead years now, anyway. (laughs) One one day, she was walking along the road in Bedworth, and it... (laughs) No! No! I wasn't driving my car. I was nowhere around. Nice thought, but no. And it was one of these nights that was the wind was blowing through the trees. One of, one of them kind of nights. You could almost, oh! And that was Isabel. <laughs> no, listen. So she's walking along the road. She's walking along the road. And uh, suddenly she is aware that somebody is following her. This is quite a dark, dark night, you know, dusky night, and she's walking there. So she quickens her pace. And as she quickens her pace, she hears the person that is behind her quickening his pace as well. Now, if I'd have been Isabel, I'd have been thrilled at that, because I don't think any bloke had ever chased her in her life. <laughs> I've just been honest. Just been... But no, what happened was, I'm getting myself into trouble here. I'm getting myself into I'll move on quickly. What happened was, this guy gets right up behind her. And she turns around. And she looked at him in his face and pointed. Because he was about to pounce on her. And she said, in the name of Jesus. And with that, this guy was scared stiff and ran off. I'm telling you, any of you would have ran off. Any of you. My point is this, that at that moment of time, she did not have time to drop to her knees and say, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm in a little bit of mess here. There's a man about to cosh me over my head, steal my handbag and take me money. So do you think you could possibly help me at this moment? No, because Isabel knew the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The following day, in the newspaper, in a road that ran parallel to the one that my friend is... I call her my friend now. (laughs) Well, I might be next to her in heaven. (laughs) Imagine that. That's just the kind of thing God would do, isn't it? Well, well, the beautiful thing is this, that the next, next day in the paper, in a road running parallel to the one that Isabel in, a lady, an elderly lady, was attacked, knocked over, 
and a handbag was stolen. Hmm. Isabel, I can talk about her like that, because the end of the story is this. She became my very best friend at Bedworth. And it's true that the first opening years, she was a pain. The latter years of her life, she was the most loveliest lady of all. She'd always been lovely, to be honest. And sometimes God brings people into our lives for our benefit. She was a woman of God. She taught me some of the principles of prayer that I still hold dear today. And she certainly taught me to understand something about the power that there is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The authority that is in that name. Now I say that because God is the I am. And he says, I will. I will deliver you and I will answer you. What is it that's on your heart? What is it that you want God to do for you tonight? It could be healing. It could be the deliverance thing. It could be that you need a financial breakthrough. It could be that you just need God to work on your attitude, not on somebody else's. It could be that you need a job. It could be that you need a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It could be you want a husband or a wife. It could be that you want to get rid of your husband or your wife, but he doesn't answer those kinds of Abraham, I am the almighty God. I am the El Chadii. And on the occasion in that street that I described to you, the El Shaddai showed up for my friend Isabel. I hope he's not speaking to people tonight. I hope he's speaking into some folk here. So that you will have your answer to prayer because my faith level is rising even amongst all of this humor in a God that says, I will deliver and I will answer. Last one I'll do. It says, and I will show him my salvation. It's a seven point message really and we could have had any of those points. I will show him my salvation. Very simple this. It's not about going to church or reading your Bible or praying. All those things are very, very important. And I think that every Christian needs to belong to a local church and find their place. But more important than doing is being. Being someone that has received the grace of God and has had the El Shaddai become their salvation. So I have to ask you this. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I'm not asking if you come to this church or any other church. I'm not asking if you read or pray. If you was to die tonight, because none of us are promised tomorrow, do you know that you would go to heaven because of that greatest miracle of all that the I am said, I will save you. For those that call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him should not perish, but would have, should have, shall have everlasting life. See, I don't know anybody here really. Not, not, not too well, no Christian a little bit. No, Anne, she deserted me and left us 
from the offices to come and work for you, didn't she? Come and think of it. What can you say? You can say, John, I'm very sorry for wearing a shirt like that. <laughs> but I like it. It's nice. It's very, very nice. Got to be secure in your own masculinity to wear that. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? It's true. It's lovely. I'd like to see you in the coal mining community. <laughs> Going down the pit. You are. This is this is uh, Mansfield, is isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, absolutely, all round it. Yeah, that's what I'd like to see you. Do you know Jesus as your saviour? That's the point. Are you here? And you know that if you was to die today, you'd go to heaven. Then you can have. So I can wrap it up. Very very simple little message. It's a message about a God of miracles. When the I am says I will. Just like he did for Abram and performed a miracle so great so that today, hey, you can't number the seed of Abram. They're more than the stars of the sky and the dust of the air and the sand upon the shores. His word is truth. The God of Abram and of Moses of Lazarus and the little boy with the loaves and fishes. And the God of Isabel is the God that is here tonight. And I just want to say this, and I say absolutely with sincerity here. It really is not dependent upon the preacher. His word never returns void. If you will allow the word of God to go into you and respond, then the I am will speak and I will. And God will heal, set free, or provide you with everything that you need. I can't, but he can, and he will. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. So I'm going to make a two-fold little appeal. 